Thank you for listening to this sermon from Renaissance Church located in Montreal, Quebec. For more information about Renaissance Church, please visit our website, renaissancemtl.com. If you would like to know more about how you can partner up to see the gospel advance in Montreal, please send us an email at renaissance.mtl at gmail.com. Yeah, I'm really glad to be with you guys all here today, and uh, I'm excited to, to dig into God's Word and see what it has for us today. Um, if you're new here, I want to welcome you here. Uh, we as a church are continuing our series in the Gospel of John, and we've called this series, I Am, uh, with the title, Who Jesus Says He Is. So I Am and Who Jesus Says He Is. So in this series, what we're doing is we're exploring who Jesus claimed to be. So um, if you were with us from the beginning, uh, we kind of compared this series to, uh, or this book to like a, a photo mosaic, right? So if you guys remember the picture of Obama, uh, if you weren't here, a photo mosaic basically is a picture, a larger picture, and it is made up of uh, many different small pictures. And so what we see when we zoom out of the big picture it is a big picture of who Jesus is. And when we zoom in, we see all these tiny pictures. And that's what we're going to explore through each of these chapters is different claims of Jesus, the signs that Jesus did, um, the miracles that he did, and what they point us to about who Jesus is. Um, so today we are going to be in John chapter 5. So if you have your Bible, I would encourage you to turn there. Um, John chapter 5 is where we're going to be. Um, We're going to cover verses 1 through 18. Um, If you're not familiar with the Bible, John is a New Testament book. It means it was written after the life of Jesus. And the genre of the book of John is a gospel. And that just means that it is written about the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And it tells us about the hope that we have in him. And so if you're looking uh, for John in your Bible, it should be kind of near the back, maybe about three quarters or a little bit more into your Bible. While you turn there, um, I want to ask you guys a question. So does anyone here, uh, you ever get like too stubborn to ask for help? This is kind of like, guys are kind of known for this, right? Like, I know that I do. Um, I'm, I can be a pretty stubborn person. And I think all of us probably have moments where we're like, yeah, I don't need help on this one. I got this. And sometimes it works out for us, and most of the time it doesn't, right? Like, well, you might need help uh, asking for directions, right? Or, um, you know, you think you might be, like, stronger than you really are, and you try and lift something, and you're like, oh, I uh, pulled my, pulled, like, threw my back out or something like that. I've done that before. Um, I hope you haven't. Uh, but we all have instances, right, where we, we should have asked for help, but we didn't. And uh, that's a little bit about what we're talking about today is, is what is your response when you need help, right? How do you respond when you need help? Um, today we're going to see a miracle that Jesus did. Uh, he does for this paralytic man. And so Jesus heals this man who needed help. And so the bigger picture that I want us to see um, is that the signs that Jesus did, they demand a response from us, right? Jesus his, his signs, they weren't just to show off. He's not here uh, showing us this sign to show us how great he is or 
whatever, that's part of it, but it's not the only reason. It, it is to show us who he is. Uh, and, and Jesus, uh, who, who Jesus is, it demands a response from us. And so today, as we go through our text, what we're going to see are three responses to the situation at hand. So three responses to, to what we see happening in this chapter. So these are the responses. So we're going to see the response of the sick man. We're going to see the response of the religious Jews. And then we're going to see the response of Jesus. Uh, so let's read our text for today and we'll begin. Again, we're going to be in chapter 5 of John. Here's what it says. It says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In, the, in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, blind lame and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, he says, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, he said, my father is working until now, and I am working. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Let's pray and we'll dive in. Um, God, we thank you for your word. Um, God, would you reveal yourself to us today? Um, would you show us our need for you um, and... Help us to depend on us, on, on you. And would you, would you just teach us who you are, um, God, that we need you more than anything. Um, show us to, uh, show, show yourself to us uh, in our helplessness and um, guide us today as we go through your word. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's dive in. We're going to take a look at our first response here. So the first response that we see is the response of the sick man. So what we see at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus, is, he enters Jerusalem for this feast, right? So he says that he's there for the feast of the Jews. Um, this feast here, it would likely have been the, the Passover feast. So we see in other places in the Bible that the, the Passover is referred to as the feast of the Jews. 
So what we see is that Jews from all over the place, they would make the trip to, uh, to uh, Jerusalem for Passover. And so we see Jesus is there as well. And it says, while he's there, he passes by a pool where there have been a number of people there who have this uh, a physical disability. So it says some were blind, some others, others there were paralyzed, and others had other sorts of physical ailments. A little bit about this pool. So the belief here was that this pool, it had some sort of healing properties, had some sort of special uh, ability to heal. Uh, we're not told why or how. Uh, perhaps there had been stories that had been told about people getting, going into the, the, this pool and then getting healed. Um, it, perhaps it could have had healing properties. Either way, those who were there, they were there with the hope of being healed. Right? So Jesus, he comes across this one man in particular. There's many people there. He comes across this one man, and it says that he had been there for 38 years. So that's probably the majority of this man's life. Um, and it says that he has been waiting for someone to put him in the, the pool with the hope that he would be healed. Um, we don't know how this man got sick or how he got injured. It was obvious that he was suffering from uh, whatever he was suffering from made, it inca made it himself incapable of putting himself in the pool by himself. And so he needs someone to help him out. And so Jesus comes up to him and he asks him this question. It's an important question here. He says, do you want to be healed? And this is what I want to see in his response. How he responds, he responds in complete helplessness. He says, I'm helpless, right? He says, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Right? I'm completely helpless. There's nothing that I can do on my own to help myself. So what I want us to see here is that the first response to, this is the first response to responding to the gospel, is to say, God, I can't do this. Right? I am completely helpless without you. Um, as Dylan mentioned, and may, some of you may have known because you were there or have heard, uh, we had a bit of a helpless situation yesterday. Um, so some of you actually know this because you were there, right? Every fourth Saturday of the month, we do the food bank uh, in Little Burgundy. And yesterday was the fourth Saturday of July. And so we were going to do the food bank. So we arrive at the, the building. We get there at 1130. And there's no one there to open up the, the building and let us in. And we literally tried calling everyone we knew and that may have worked there, and also everyone who we knew who may know someone who worked there. Like, we, we, our phones were, like, off the hook yesterday. We were really trying to, like, call absolutely everyone we could. Um, what happened was we called a number of different people, and they were, like, all busy or out of town or something. Um, and, yeah, we had exhausted, like, all of our contacts that could possibly let us in. Uh, at one moment, I was, like... I was literally like just seconds away from saying, we don't have any other options. Like we have to call this off. There's nothing else we can do. And a man walks around the corner who knew, no one knew. We had not called this guy at all. And he's like, do you guys need the key? And we were like, yes, who are you? And how do you know that we need the key? Um, but yes, we do. 
that ended up not even helping us out. We got into one part, but it bought us time, I guess, and so we didn't cancel <laughs> at that moment. Um, and we ended up getting a call from someone else and saying, hey, you know, you can come to my place and I'm out of town, but my boyfriend will let you in and give you the key and you can get into my office to get the key that you need from my office. All of this was crazy. To be honest, it was a wild day. Again, like I said, we were uh, completely helpless and a number of different times we were about to call it quits. Um, and God made us a, a, a way for us to run this food bank. Um, and yeah, just again, to, to state how amazing this was, we typically arrive around 11.30 or noon to help set up to, do our, to hand out the food at 2 p.m. And we got into the building. When I checked the, the, my watch, it was like 1.20 when we finally got in and we hadn't started anything yet. To st we were supposed to start handing out food at 2 and we started on time, which is amazing. Um, so if you were there, thank you all for your help. Um, but more importantly, see how God worked when we were completely helpless, right? That's the point of the story is that God helps the helpless. Um, if we look at the, the bigger picture of what's going on here, though, uh, this is a much bigger story than being let into a food bank or even being healed from this man's physical uh, ailments. Because what's even bigger than this man's physical limitations is what we see is his sin. Right, we see later on that Jesus meets him at the temple. And what does he say to him? He says, sin no more. Jesus knows that's what, what's worse than being paralyzed for 38 years of his life is being a slave for your, of, of your sin for eternity. Right, let that sink in. What's worse than being paralyzed for 38 years is being a slave to your sin for eternity. And so this points us to the fact that we need a healer to save us from our sin. Because this is the question that is now asked to us. Do you want to be healed? Right? Do you want to be healed from your sin? And healing begins by saying, God, I am completely helpless. I'm helpless without you. And there's nothing in the world that can save me from my sin. And so I need you to heal me. And so accepting Jesus starts with admitting that you are helpless without God. We see the next response is the, the response of the religious Jews. Um, and so uh, we see here that the, the sick man, he's been healed. Uh, and this is great news to him. But however, the, the very situation here, uh, the very same situation, we see a very different response to some of the Jews who were present. So uh, the Jews see this man, he's carrying his mat, and they confront him. In verse 10, they say, they say, it is a Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. So to understand this a little bit better, um, we're going to try and see things a little bit from their perspective. So in the Old Testament, God had commanded the Jews to take one day off uh, of, of the week to rest, and that was ca called the Sabbath. He said to keep the Sabbath holy and do not uh, and and not do any work on that day. And so I'm going to read. This is from Deuteronomy. So this is God speaking to Moses. And in Deuteronomy five, he says this. He says, "Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you." It says six six days 
you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do, not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates that your male servant and your female servant, servant may rest as well as you. Right? He says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So this is where they're, they're coming from here. The, the Jews here, or the religious people, they see this sick man carrying his mat, and they immediately see that he is breaking the law. He is breaking God's laws, what they say. Um, a commentator th this, this week that I, I heard, his name is D.A. Carson, and he was explaining that in order to try to make it clear what was work and what wasn't work, um, the Jews had made up this, this list of things that you couldn't do or maybe you could do on the Sabbath. So they had these extra rules that they were like, we, like how do we define what is work or not? Like, let's make up a list here so we can say, oh, this is clearly work, this is clearly not work. So uh, according to their ru rules, it was fine if you were carrying something in your home on the Sabbath, um, but if you were carrying something from one home to another home, that would be considered work. Also, if you were carrying something below your shoulder, that was acceptable, right? If you had it underneath here, that was acceptable. But uh, if it was above your shoulder, then that would have been like, oh, if you have to carry it up here, then that's too heavy. So that's a rule that they had. Um, and so that would not be allowed to do on the Sabbath. So this man likely would have rolled up his mat he had a, 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 some sort of a mat there that he was lying on, and he would have probably have put it on his shoulder and he was carrying it home, right? So thus, he was breaking the, the law that the religious people had made up in, in order to keep the Sabbath. So he, we see here that he's confronted by the Jews, and uh, he tells them, he says, hey, look, someone healed me. I'm carrying my mat because I can walk now. And honestly, they had probably seen him there for 38 years. It's not like he's like some stranger. He had been there for 38 years, so they know him. But he says, hey, I'm, I've been healed now. And instead of seeing the miracle that just took place, they look at him and they say, who was it that, that healed you? Who, who told you that you can get up? Right? Who gave you the right to break the Sabbath? Here's what I want us to see here. Uh, the, the big thing that they're missing here is the purpose of the Sabbath, right? God gave us the Sabbath so that we could have rest. And that's what Jesus just gave this man, right? This, this man had been physically unable to put himself in a pool for 38 years of his life. And Jesus saw him, had compassion on him, and gave him rest from the pain that he had been enduring, enduring for 38 years. And so they cannot really see the purpose of the law, the true heart of the law. All they can see is these structures that they have built around the law to protect it. They see, all they see is the, the rules that they've made up so that everyone must adhere to these in order to keep the law. Uh, so uh, when the man tells that him that he's been healed, instead of celebrating, they begin looking for Jesus. They say, who is this who, who, who healed you? We need to find this man. Um, and we're told that the Jews, they have two complaints with Jesus, right? Number one, he healed a man on the Sabbath. And two, he was claiming to be equal with God. 
And what I want us to see here is that they are so caught up with, with keeping the law that they are completely blind to the miracle that just occurred. Right? They cannot fathom Jesus healing on the Sabbath because they don't think that they need healing. Right? They are not helpless. They are the righteous ones. They are the ones who follow the law. And so because they follow the law, they think that they are good with God. What is ironic here is that the religious people here are the ones who are the most sick. Right? They are the spiritually sick. They think they don't need a savior because they obey the law. They are the most in need of a savior, though, because they are too pride to ask for one. They have too much pride to ask for one. And what we see, what we need to understand is that healing doesn't come by being a better person. Right? Healing does not happen when we are better. We're not, we don't get healed because we're more moral or because we obey the rules more. Healing comes by saying, God, I cannot do this on my own and I need your help. Um, here's what, what Jesus says to the religious leaders of the day in Mark chapter 2. So he's, he's with a bunch of these uh, Pharisees and they're talking about Jesus uh, and they, they say to one another, they say, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And it says, when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a, physi- of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. The, the religious here are so blinded by their piety, their obedience to the law, that they could not recognize that Jesus was truly the Son of God. And, and as we go through this, what I want us to be careful uh, is, is we look at the, the response to the religious here. Um, I think what could, what could be really easy, it would be really easy to look at the situation and, and say, man, how awful are these people, right? How, how awful are they that they wouldn't even let this man be healed? That they would come after Jesus for healing this man just because it was the Sabbath. I think we... We see this response from the religious and we can often think like, how heartless were they, right? And for that reason, they can often be really hard to relate to. But if that's what we're thinking, then we're asking the wrong question here, right? The question isn't how, how compassionate, who's more compassionate, you or the religious people, right? The question is, the question is do you want to be healed? Right? If we're comparatively looking at the Jews and think, I would never do something like this, then we're missing the point, right? The point isn't how good of a person is, how good of a person are you? It is, are you willing to be healed yourself? And that begins by being helpless. So we see the response of the sick man, we see the response of the religious Jews, and now we come to the response of Jesus. Um, this is what I find really interesting Jesus here, he could have responded in a number of different ways. Um, when the, when the Jew, Jewish leaders, they call him out, he could have said multiple things, right? Jesus' appeal could be, A, he could have been, I didn't even break the Sabbath, right? I merely told him to, get up his, uh, to take up his mat, and he did. He, said, he could have said, like, yeah, I, I healed him, but truthfully, like, I didn't even lift a finger. I simply told him to get up and get up uh, and take up his mat. Jesus could have said that, right? He could have responded by correcting them and explaining the, the real purpose of the Sabbath. He could have said, listen, the Sabbath was made for rest, right? 
uh, I healed this man so he would have rest. That's what, what I gave to this man. He could have said either of those things and he would have been completely justified, right? But that's not what he says, right? What does he say? In verse 17, it says, Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. And that's something that the Jews understand here. That's, they get what he's saying here. Um, that might not be super evident to us, so let me explain a little bit what that means. Uh, in that day, if you were to, to get a job, right, you most likely did for work what your father did, right? So if your father was a farmer, you were most likely going to be a farmer. If your father was a carpenter, you were most likely going to be a carpenter. If your father sold perfume, you most likely sold perfume. Um, anyone here do what your dad did for work? Raise of hands. One, one of us, two, yeah, not many of us. Uh, it's not very common these days. Sometimes it is, but, but in that day, almost everyone did what their father did for work. And it's not the same in our culture. So my father, uh, my dad, he worked at a paper company. If you've ever seen the show The Office, that's pretty much what my dad did, right? Um, he basically had Oscar's job, uh, but I kind of see him a little bit more like Toby. Um, but like a good version of Toby, not like the annoying, creepy Toby. He's kind of calm and, and has a mild demeanor. Anyways, I never did what my dad did for work. I never worked a day in a paper company. Um, I never had the desire to. Um, but that's kind of just what you did in that day, right? You worked whatever, your, whatever job your father did. And so when Jesus says, my father is working until now and I am working, the Jews know that he is claiming to be God. He's saying, I, I'm doing exactly what my father does. He says, this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And he's, so he's saying, what God the father does, that's what I do, right? We are equal. We're one and the same. Jesus is saying, I am the son of God. This is a claim to be God himself. And so while we could go more into detail about how Jesus was justified to heal him or how he could have said, this is the purpose of the Sabbath, the point of this miracle is that Jesus wants us to know that he is the son of God, right? He has the right to heal this man on the Sabbath because he is God. He made the Sabbath and he gives those who put their faith in him true rest, because when you put your faith in him, what you're saying is, it is not my good works that I am made right with God. It is by Jesus's, right? So I don't have to try harder to be better. Um, I don't earn favor with God by obeying more on my own. In fact, I can't do anything on my own. I am helpless without Jesus. Because Jesus meets the helpless and he asks them, do you want to be healed? Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. And if you will trust in him, he will heal you of your sin. Um, I want to close by asking this. We, we've seen the response of the sick man. We've seen the response of the religious Jews. And we see the response of Jesus. So what is your response now? Right? Jesus didn't do miracles again just to show off or to be a good person. The signs that he did were to show us who he is. And his claim here is that he is the son of God. 
right? He's equal in every way to him. He is working because God the Father is working. The same God who gave the Israelites the Sabbath is the God encountered at the pool. It is the God who made the Sabbath, who gives us rest from our sin when we put our faith in him. This is what Jesus came to show us. And so the question now remains, do you want to be healed? Right? Do you want to be rid of your sin? Because that's what Jesus is offering. Right? He offers the forgiveness of sins for anyone who will put their faith in him. And the first step of that is saying, God, I am helpless without you. I need you to take away my sin because I cannot do this on my own. And the good news is that that's just what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to heal, to die on the cross and take the weight of our sin so that we don't have to. And so this is the question that we need to ask, or we need to answer, is do you want to be healed? Because that's what the Son of God came to do for the helpless. Let's close in prayer. God, we thank you for who you are, God, the Son of God. Jesus is the, the Son of God, and we praise you for that, God, that you are the one who made the Sabbath, and we can find true rest from our sin when we put our faith in you. God, help us to be humble, to depend on you for everything. God, we need uh, you to put a spirit of helplessness in us so that we can trust in you and you alone. Would you be with us this week? God, we thank you for what, for what you've done even yesterday at the food bank. And when we were helpless, you provided a way for us to serve the community. And would you show yourself even mightier than that? And would you uh, bring self, salvation to uh, the helpless here in Montreal? And would you use us to, to continue to serve and show the love of Jesus to those around us? We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon from Renaissance Church. If you have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more, please feel free to contact us by email at renaissance.mtl at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media. It's our passion to love Jesus, love each other, and love our world. 